Hey everybody, Taylor Rotwell back with another Laravel snippet. Uh, it's the morning of January 25th here in the office, back for my weekly report of what's been happening in Laravel this week. So this week I've continued to work on uh, my secret project that I'm uh, cooking up for Laracon hopefully this summer. And uh, this week focused a little bit around the developer experience of the product and I think I'll continue to do that today. Just try to polish up what's there. There's already quite a bit of code there. It's already actually larger than Envoy or larger than Spark. Um, and it's about tied with Nova in terms of code base size right now. Um, second only to Laravel Forge, really. Um, but probably will catch up uh, to Forge by the time the project is finished. Um, so yeah, just going to focus on developer experience probably next week as well. Really get things nice and clean and make sure it all feels great to use. Uh, one thing I've been doing on the secret project that I wanted to talk about a little bit, and I think I mentioned on Twitter, is trying to make basically most actions in queued jobs item potent, which means they can be rerun at any point without problems. So I think it's a really good pattern to get into. It really cleans my code up, up quite a bit. Um, I find that instead of a lot of like if statements for if this exists or if th this doesn't exist, then do this. I just have kind of single line methods that are named something like ensure X exists or something like that. Um, and I don't really care if it already does or doesn't. I just want this method to take care of ensuring that it exists. So I can, I think it kind of leads to cleaner and more readable code. Um, and generally it's just nicer to work with because if a job fails, I can restart it without worrying uh, you know, if it, if it failed halfway through or not. So give that a shot in your own project and let me know what you think. Um, I'm kind of liking it so far, trying to take that approach with basically everything in this new project. Uh, one thing I also did uh, this week, end of last week and into this week, is switch from SQL Pro to Table Plus for a database, kind of my database GUI um, here on my Mac. Um, I really love SQL Pro, and honestly, it's been one of the kind of main uh, pieces of software I use on my Mac on a daily basis just to work with MySQL. But um, it's an open source project and has not really been maintained that well, I guess, over the years. It crashes some unless you're using the nightly builds um, on GitHub. Um, it, it crashes quite a bit, actually. So I tried Table Plus again. I'd actually tried Table Plus a while back, and uh, I'm really liking it. It's got some really nice features. Um, I like that I can make uh, quite a few table changes, and then uh, they're just sort of staged, and then I hit Command-S to save them, which is really nice. I really like Command-P to quickly jump to another database. A lot of really cool features, honestly. Um, so I'm enjoying that a lot, and, you know, it's just thinking about open source and sustainability, and I think SQL Pro is a kind of a unfortunate example of an open source project that's really really good um at its core but just doesn't seem to be sustainable for the maintainers i guess um you know probably partly because they're not getting any money for it at all i would imagine i would imagine that donations are uh, fairly rare just going off my own experience with laravel uh, one-off donations are not really a sustainable business model for any open source project um, I think if you're going to try to open source or monetize an open source project um, on something like Patreon, one common mistake I see is that people set their donation amounts way too low. So they'll have like a $1, a $5, a $10, and like a $50 tier. 
um, on their project. And if you have a sizable open source project, your cheapest tier should be like a couple hundred dollars really. And you should put, um, you know, you could still have like a one or a $5, um, just for, you know, random individuals, but, and then take your tiers all the way up to something like $2,000 uh, a month or so. And what I do on Laravel is on those high tiers, actually, you know, offer monthly calls with the company, um, kind of 30 minute calls where I'll talk to them about what they're working on, what's working with Laravel, what's not working with Laravel and just sort of get their feedback. And it's really mutually beneficial, honestly, because I get to hear from a company that's actually using Laravel on what's working or not working, um, which is nice. And, um, you know, I was able to fill most of those high spots just because I don't need very many of them. Um, you just need, you know, if you have two or three or four people at those high tiers, you're making quite a bit of money just on those sponsorships. So that's how I would approach kind of trying to monetize an open source product if you had to. Um, I mean, of course, it's always better just to sell it outright if you can, like Table Plus, and kind of go that route if you want it to be sustainable at least. Yeah, so it's an interesting topic. Um, you know, I see open source developers all the time struggling with monetization. I just saw Doctrine put up a uh, Patreon as well. Uh, to me, they probably should have had higher tiers as well, um, considering Doctrine's a fairly you know popular project in PHP. I mean, if you want a data mapper ORM, it's really the only option in PHP. And uh, certainly there's got to be large companies using it that have quite a bit of revenue and um, could benefit from some kind of sponsorship or support, you know, promise or whatever. Um, so anyways, just my thoughts on that. Um, I also got asked about the migration down method. This was actually in the Laravel Discord um, server, which you can join at laravel.com slash discord. And someone asked, you know, how do I approach the down method in production? Do I ever roll back production? And my answer was that I don't think I've ever actually rolled back in production. I don't think I ever would. I think I actually had a conversation with Adam Wathen and Jonathan Rennick about this once in Las Vegas at uh, ZenCon, I think. And, you know, their approach was just to create a new migration and always migrate up to fix whatever problem you have in production. Otherwise, you run the risk of probably losing data. Like, I, I don't think I've really ever had a situation where it would have even been safe to roll back in production. So uh, just create a new migration and, you know, run up to fix your problem. And actually, in Laravel, the down method is totally optional. You don't even have to have it defined on the migration. You can totally delete it and you will not get any errors. Because in local development, you can always just run PHP artisan migrate fresh to drop all your tables without running the down method, and then it will run them back up. So you don't need it at all. Um, you're, you're probably not going to use it in local development, and you definitely are even more unlikely to use it in production environments. So kind of an interesting topic. If I was going to write migrations again, I might not even have a down method at all because it's rarely actually useful. Uh, there was an interesting PR this week, PR number 27,281, about higher order or where on eloquent builders. And it sounds kind of confusing, but basically imagine you had custom scopes on your eloquent model. So um, say you had a scope called popular for the user in your system that has the most upvotes or something like that. If you wanted to chain that in the middle of a query as like an or clause, how you had to do that before was call orware and then pass a closure to orware, which receives the query. And then within that closure, you could call query popular or whatever your scope name is. And this PR added a feature where you could just call orware 
and then immediately chain on another method for your scope. So it kind of looks like arrow or where another arrow scope method name, which is really cool. It's kind of like collection higher order filtering uh, where you can call arrow filter arrow and then some method. So it makes calling uh, scopes within or where chains a lot simpler. So you don't have to use a callback at all. Uh, so pretty cool PR actually. Um, so go check that out if you want. It was 27281 was the PR number, which is pretty crazy. 27,000 PRs. Um, yeah, but check that out. On Laravel Forge, we launched, um, Muhammad worked on a domain aliases feature. This is something that's been requested quite a bit really over the years where you have a site with one sort of root domain, you know, foo.com, and you want to also have bar.com um, point to that same Forge site, that same Forge uh, application installation. So you can now do that on Forge in your meta tab. You can add uh, site aliases or you can do it right when you create the site. And it will automatically handle doing the www redirect for you. Uh, you just have to make sure that if you're using an SSL certificate, that all the domains that you're serving are included in the SSL certificate, um, just so you don't get any errors there. Uh, Dries was working on the cache system more this week. Uh, so pretty big change actually to the cache system from 5.7 to 5.8, where typically when you cache something in Laravel previously, you passed an integer for minutes or you could pass a date time uh, representing when it could, should expire. Um, but we changed that to be seconds um, because, you know, a lot of times you, when you're caching, you want a little more granularity than by the minute. So in 5.8, you can pass seconds as the integer. So that's probably the highest impact breaking change actually in Laravel 5.8. So you'll probably want to check your code base and see uh, where you're calling cache put or cache remember and change those to seconds or I actually usually pass a date time myself. I'll do like now add seconds 10 or whatever. I actually don't pass an integer at all most of the time I find. Um, so you can change it to that. And um, if you change it to date times now, actually in 5.7, you'll be fine when you upgrade to 5.8 because it will work the exact same. So something to consider as 5.8 approaches, maybe changing your uh, cache put and cache remember to passing a carbon instance if you don't want to deal with the breaking change when 5.8 comes. Um, but that does get us fully compliant with PSR 16, so it can be swapped out. Our cache system can be used as a PSR, PSR 16 implementation um, if you need to do that. Uh, for Laracon, we announced two new speakers, Christoph Rumpel and Bobby Bowman, um, both from Europe, actually. Uh, Christoph's going to be talking about the internals of Laravel, sort of walking us through how Laravel works under the hood which is always useful to know and valuable to know with any tool uh, you're working with. And then Bobby is going to be talking about some um, intermediate to advanced design patterns in Laravel. So it should be a cool talk. Uh, we've got another uh, round of talks to announce actually on some cool topics, um, stuff on GraphQL, um, stuff on how um, Spotty uh, designs their controllers, a lot of cool topics uh, with actionable content going to be at the conference and plus of course um, I'll be there speaking as well um, so if you haven't got your ticket yet come check that out and uh, if you need a group discount if you're planning on bringing a handful of people go ahead and shoot me an email at uh, taylor at laravel.com and tell me how tell me how many people you want to bring and uh, we'll see if we can work out some kind of group discount for you all right that's it for this week's laravel snippet I will see you next week thanks